This is the Driven Women Project podcast, where we are rooted in the belief that you do not have to act like a man in order to succeed like one. I'm your host, Erin Smith, and in each episode, I interview a woman who has a demonstrated track record of success in a male-dominated field. These women have climbed their respective ladders, they're killer at their chosen profession, and are unapologetic about their femininity and who they are at their core. In short, they own their true identities. And I believe their stories need to be shared to help inspire other women who come up against challenges or perceived gender barriers when entering the professional stage of life. You know, we hear it all the time. It's a boys club or you have to play hardball in order to fit in or be accepted in industries where science, technology, engineering, and math rule. And with so few women in leadership roles in male-dominated spaces, where can you look to find a role model who's doing it her way? I knew they were out there. So I decided to bring together a collection of these extraordinary women to help you find someone out there who has done what you want to do in a way that you admire and can see yourself becoming. But before I go deeper into what you can expect from each episode, I'll share a little bit about me. I am someone who hasn't always felt secure in her own skin. I'm sure you can relate. I am someone who used to be intimidated by high-powered women, or high-powered anyone for that matter. Fast forward, and now I'm enjoying mastering the skills of being grounded, secure in who I am, for the most part. I still have imposter syndrome from time to time, uh, and deliberate about who I want to be. In fact, last year, I set out on a very specific mission to become that which intimidates me. I am happy to report that it's working. I have been told a few times over the last year that I can be intimidating, in a good way, of course. Um, And the fact that I can say that out loud and not be worried about what you might think of me, that's also evidence of my progress, I think. So even though I'm still growing into myself, as we all are, I am someone who has always been obsessed with psychology and human behavior and specifically how the brain works. In high school is when I took my first psychology class. And while everyone else was catching up on gossip and throwing paper airplanes around the room, I was sitting front row, actually listening and actually reading the textbook and doing every single assignment and asking for extra credit. And I've only recently realized that my drive was fueled not only by my desire to understand why people do the things they do, like why did my parents fight and how do I navigate romantic relationships because I was definitely boy crazy in high school, Um, but also my desire to be understood myself. I only recently recently realized that. Um, Know thyself. This is the advice that I would give to my younger self if I could, and I ask that of all of the driven women that I speak to. What's the advice that you would give to your younger self if you could? Me, I would tell her, you will always be learning who you are and what matters to you. Those things will evolve as you go through life. And oh, by the way, you have the power to decide who you want to become. 
But my advice would be to always know who you are at any given moment and be prepared to stand your ground. Because setting goals and boundaries for yourself, those are super important things. It really depends on how well you know yourself. And as I said, you have the power to shape who you want to become. And this is exactly what each woman I will bring on this show will tell you as well. They will tell you that despite there always being people who will try to influence you, you know, men will try to influence you, your parents, your girlfriends, and most insidiously, society will try to influence you. And if you're a woman listening to this, you already know what a mindfuck it is (laughs) navigating the ridiculous demands society seems to place on women. So contradictory, right? So if you know yourself, that's your first line of defense against all of the conflicting messages you're going to have to learn to filter through your lens. Um, We'll definitely talk more about this in depth in future episodes, so expect more on that. On to some of my credentials. Uh, I have a master's degree in sports psychology from Boston University, And I majored in psychology and minored in neuroscience in undergrad at the University of Connecticut. I started my career after college meandering my way through different psychological foundations. This is after after undergrad, before I went to grad school. Um, I started out uh, working for a year as a counselor at a psychiatric hospital and substance abuse rehab center in Connecticut called Silver Hill Hospital. Uh, After I decided that that wasn't for me, I got curious about the corporate world and moved into a job at the American Institute for Foreign Study, where I was ultimately introduced to the world of human resources. I quickly learned that HR as a whole wasn't exactly my final destination either, but I allowed it to lead me into the world of finance when I decided to do recruiting and work for a private equity firm called Starwood Capital Group, led by Barry Sternlicht. Um, I happened to be laid off from there during the 2008 global financial crisis, which I found exciting for so many reasons that I'll probably talk more about in the future, in future episodes, because I learned how much I was drawn to that environment, the world of finance and investing. It's super fast-paced, super intelligent people, super high standards, which pushed me to grow and raise my standards for myself in really important ways, which ultimately led me to work for Bridgewater Associates, that which is the world's largest hedge fund. Um, I started working there in 2010, shortly after leaving grad school, where I got my master's in sports psychology. So you're probably wondering, wait, you got a master's in sports psychology. Why didn't you work with athletes? Well, talk about a male-dominated space and one that back in 2010 was highly competitive and very challenging to break into, especially if you were not an elite athlete yourself. So since I was not going to become an elite athlete anytime soon, and I had really loved my experience in the private equity environment, I figured, you know, Wall Street is made up of elite intellectual athletes among other things. So why not apply sports psychology to that world? Now, my intention working for Bridgewater was to learn from the inside out what it is like working in that world so I could become an expert and ultimately start my own independent executive coaching practice and attract high-performing executive clients. That was always the goal. 
Now, my dad and brother are both very entrepreneurial, but I wanted to be the first woman in our family to own her own business, and I was really driven by that. So for the six and a half years I spent, so for the six and a half years I was at Bridgewater, uh, that's what I was preparing to do. I spent the majority of my time in the research department, which is at the heart of Ray Dalio's investment engine. And I learned a ton about myself, about the types of people who thrive in that environment, and most importantly, how integral relationships are to professional growth. My colleagues and a few of the bosses I had were the reason I stayed as long as I did. I truly had some incredible managers who I will be forever grateful to. And also some pretty crappy ones who I will forever be grateful for because Let's face it, I'm a better coach because of what they showed me and a better person for having learned that I'm able to thrive inside an intense culture um, and without drinking the Kool-Aid. And spoiler alert, I never saw it as a cult. A lot of people say that. They think Bridgewater sounds like a cult. I never saw it that way, but I do see why some people believe that it is. Um, And I am happy to talk more openly about that in future episodes, of course, to the extent that my contract will allow. (laughs) I don't want to get in trouble. Um, Now, when I tell this story, when I talk about my background, uh, you know, usually at networking events or I'm talking to people, they will, right about now, I will often hear, oh, you were like that chick from Billions. (laughs) Now, if you have never seen the Showtime series Billions, Wendy Rhodes is a character, the chick that they're referring to, who plays a performance coach at a fictitious hedge fund that, curiously enough, started out based in the very real location of Westport, Connecticut, where Bridgewater is currently located. Um, I wish I was like Wendy Rhodes, okay, the the performance coach part of her, her her professional life. Um, But Bridgewater at the time, it w- they weren't into pure coaches. Coaching was a small part of my job, okay? And managers and leaders, they do coaching, but they didn't have any full-time coaches at the time. And um, however, I had a super supportive boss who let me test out my skills on his high-performing team, which really built my confidence up quite a bit. So thank you for that. You know who you are. And by the way, if Bridgewater decided now to hire a Wendy Rhodes type person, I'd most definitely jump at the chance. So Nir, if you're listening, I'm ready. (laughs) Um, But so seriously, I didn't actually, I wasn't ready to leave at first. Uh, I spent six and a half years there and I had hit my ceiling. So I decided it was time to start coaching full time. So in late 2016, I left Bridgewater and started Driven Beyond Excellence. When I first started my coaching practice, I created the Driven Women Project as a way to shine a light on women who have had success in male-dominated careers. I also wanted to study them and just find out what exactly is their key to success. I didn't want to interview just any woman. These women had to be authentic. They had to be comfortable in their own skin. And they have to have found a way to be successful surrounded by men without sacrificing their own core values or their femininity. I was heavily influenced and inspired by Karen Carniel Tambor at Bridgewater, who I had the privilege of working with and around. 
and she is currently the co-chief investment officer and one of the very few women in investment roles at the leadership level. She is one of the first driven women I interviewed for this project. You can actually see the article I wrote about her in my ebook, and hopefully I can convince her to get on the podcast one day. But she is amazing because of her ability to acknowledge that there are systemic issues when it comes to gender at work, and she's also able to look past that and to focus on her true passion, which is, as she tells me, understanding how the world works. She is just an incredible role model and the inspiration for me focusing on coaching women to navigate male-dominated careers. Many people who come in contact with her will consider her intimidating. She's intelligent, she's passionate, she's driven, she's not afraid to say what she thinks, and she can absolutely own a room full of male colleagues without missing a beat. It's amazing to watch. Um, But underneath all of that, she's a woman. I've heard other women say they could never be as successful as Karen because, well, she's Karen. Kind of like people say about being Oprah. She's Oprah. No one can be her. Meanwhile, Karen, as special as she is, is still just a person trying to figure things out as she goes. She didn't start out at the top. She grew into it by being committed to following her passions, learning about herself, and improving the parts of herself that she needs to in order to keep doing what she loves doing. She inspired me so much, and I really wanted others to be inspired by her too, not just intimidated. I also knew there were other women like her out there. So the Driven Women Project started out as a photojournalism series. I actually physically toured the country interviewing women, taking their photos, and producing a collection of articles written in the first person that tell their incredible stories. These women came from different backgrounds. They had different career choices, different family choices, and different personal styles. But the one thing that they all had in common is that they weren't trying to act like men in order to succeed like them. These women followed their passions. They did and are doing what they loved, which uh, aligned with their strengths and core values. In short, they know themselves. Now, much like Karen, they didn't start out that way, but the stories they told me of how they evolved into who they are now gave me confidence to be myself. And even more importantly, their perspectives taught me that being yourself as a woman in a male-dominated space was not only possible, it was necessary to achieve a long and successful and fulfilling career. And so I was excited to put these articles together in hopes that you would read them and it would boost your confidence and give you permission to be yourself against seemingly great odds. And if you haven't already seen my collection of articles yet, I have a very special ebook that includes a bunch of my articles, which you have to read if you want some practical inspiration. So look for the link to download it in the show notes. It's free. Um, And ultimately, ultimately, while I absolutely loved speaking to these women and doing the fun photo shoots, I love photography. It's a hobby of mine. um, The production cost was just too much for me. So that is why I am finally switching to podcasting and bringing these incredible women and the dynamic conversations to you in audio form. If you are a newcomer to a male-dominated career, you absolutely need to check out my previous articles and listen to this podcast. 
if you're a senior leader who understands what it means to feel lonely at the top, I know you will find comfort and camaraderie in the conversations and stories I pull out of these incredible women. You may even meet your new best friend. And in time, I will be hosting in-person events that bring these incredible women to you because it's one thing to listen to someone speak. It's another to connect with them and ask your burning questions and get some personalized guidance. So don't worry. I got you. Stay tuned. In the meantime, please take advantage of the work that I have done to study these women in an effort to demystify and unlock the formula for success uh, in navigating a challenging male-dominated dom- career. These women, they get it. They have been where you are and figured it out. They may seem intimidating or like they are extra special, but they are real. They're down to earth and they have perspectives that you can work into your own lives with a little effort. So listen up, steal their roadmaps, adopt their mindsets, or simply take what works for you and leave the rest behind. And if you're not sure yet, how about this? I invite you to try on the advice like an outfit. Let the Driven Women Project become your dressing room. See if it fits. If not, leave it. If yes, fabulous. What do you have to lose? Even if you hear something you disagree with, there is value in that too. Just like a sculptor chips away at the stone to remove the unwanted parts, you also need to identify what you want to remove from your life in order to allow the shape of your masterpiece to emerge. Uh, And if you didn't catch that, you are the masterpiece in this analogy. So what is the best way to check out, check out these episodes? I suggest that you scan the episodes for women in industries that interest you. Or better yet, listen to them all. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, each woman has something to offer regardless of what industry she is in. The perspectives are applicable across any industry. Again, I worked really hard to select women and I chose them because of of their authenticity. I chose her because of how she owns her identity. And she doesn't sacrifice her core values in order to fit into a male-dominated space. And that's what I want for you. So if you don't have to act like a man to succeed like one, who do you have to act like? I hope by now you've realized the answer is you have to be yourself. (laughs) And guess what? You have more power than you think to shape who you are and who you want to become. And I'm not saying that you need to, you know, show up to work showing who you are, every single aspect of you. No, I'm talking about pulling out the parts of you that are needed to perform in the job that you want, in the career that you love. And if you love what you do, I would not leave it up to chance. I would be deliberate about defining that identity. I would be intentional about what parts of yourself you need to show to succeed in a male-dominated environment without sacrificing your core, your core values, your core self. So don't let the fear of being criticized hold you back. Even the most powerful women have been afraid and did it anyway. If any of these concepts or women's stories intimidate you, do like I did and resolve to become that which intimidates you. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show and stay driven. And one more thing, if you think you know someone who fits the description of a true driven woman, 
she's successful in a male-dominated space and willing to share her inspiring story, please consider nominating her via the link in the show notes below. Maybe she's you. I look forward to hearing from you. Until then, stay driven.